0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BearCast Media Bengals preview show. I am Justin Cashman alongside Mr. Alex Frank. And we have the big one this week. Steeler Week. It is finally here. It is finally Steeler Week. And uh, I know you and I could not be more excited. Uh, this is maybe the biggest game of the year so far because the Bengals finally have the chance to prove themselves prove themselves against the best team in the NFL. Pittsburgh is record Yeah, record-wise. Pittsburgh 8-0, coming off a shaky win against the... Uh, Dallas Cowboys with a uh, practice squad-led quarterback. The Bengals last game—they're coming off a bye week, but prior to that, had a big win at home against the Tennessee Titans. So, Alex, I feel really good. I, I like I like the Bengals matchup. How are you feeling going into this game? I'm
1: feeling really good. I, I because you know you, you're coming off that win, like you said against Tennessee. We just had the bye week, so. They should be well-rested. The Steelers... Keep this in mind about the Steelers. This is their um, sixth straight game, and they don't have a bye week the rest of the season. And you look at the way they've played the last two games. How much they've had... Really, the last three games. How much they've had to fight and claw their way to victories. And we hear about their dominant defense. Mm, Okay. Baltimore ran for 265 against them. As you mentioned, the Cowboys... With Garrett Gilbert, they nearly won the game. And they were ahead the entire time. And had it not been for a an interception by the best safety in football in Micah Fitzpatrick, that game could have turned out very, very differently. And there were also some questionable calls in that game, but I'm feeling good. Like I know the Steelers, whenever whenever we get to Steeler Week, we as fans, you know, we freak out because, you know, we, we see how nasty physical and you know, big boy football this team is, and the Bengals have always been the Steelers' little brother for so long. I mean, the Steelers have won the previous 10 meetings between these two teams. But at the same time, like, this is—I truly believe it, and this is the Joe Burrow effect. There's a swagger to this Bengals team. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow can only lead the offense. The defense has to do its part, and they're going to have to go up against a very solid Steelers offensive line. The ground game's been solid all season. Big Ben, yeah, he's been shaky at times this season, but, I mean— He's still a 17-year veteran who's played against this Bengals franchise so many times before. He knows what it's like. But I'm feeling good. Like I, I, I never thought I'd feel this good going up against an 8 0 football team, and knowing that this Bengals team, for as much potential as there is, and for as much tangible progress that has been made, um, this is still a young football team, and this is still
0: a team that's maybe a little bit inexperienced.
1: But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'm feeling good.
0: And, if you and yes, the Steelers are 8-0, and you can't take that away from them. They're undefeated, and Mike Tomlin has never had a below 500 uh, season in his 14-year tenure as the Steelers head coach. So you can't take away that they have talent and they have a good team, but if you look at their schedule game by game, they have not played their best football, I don't think, because first game at Giants, it was a Monday night football, 26-16. Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL home versus the Broncos in the second game. They beat them 26-21, and Drew Locke actually was taken out of that game and replaced by former Bengals quarterback Jeff Driscoll, (laughs) and he actually gave it to the Steelers. You know, like, he almost won that game for them. They had a 9-point win against the uh, Eagles, uh, who have been up and down. Their only real dominant win this year was against the Browns, 38-7. So, while, yes, their record is 8-0, don't let their record fool you. They have their weaknesses we hear a lot about this defense and this especially this defensive line which is is very good you know T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree are two of the best edge edge rushers in the entire NFL but I think that really their defensive line masks some of their weaknesses in the back end because they don't necessarily have the best secondary in the NFL yes Minka Fitzpatrick is great Joe Hayden I think has seen his best days behind him but after that, it was uh, Steven Nelson, uh, Mike Hilton, who I believe is actually qu- going to be questionable for this game because I think he set out Thursday's practice, um, correct me if I'm mistaken. And I think that Joe Burrow in this offense actually has a chance to really put up a lot of points against this defense because you saw it uh, against the Titans. That while the Titans don't have nearly as good of a defensive line as the Steelers do, they came in with a bunch of missing pieces. Um, you know, Quentin Spain coming right off the streets and signing with the Bengals and immediately making a huge impact. And they had four new starters uh, against the Titans and they didn't give up a single sack. And so you think if the Bengals are able to get the bye week, they're able to reassess and get some of these guys back from injury. I believe Jonah Williams is going to be back for this game. You're able to take your best guys and you're able to say, well, you know, we, we learned which guys can step up against the Titans. And then we're going to add that to the guys that we're going to get back from injury. And we're really going to put out our best product on Sunday against the Steelers. And I do think they have an advantage because they just had the bye. And they, they know what they're getting with the guys that they have. And they're going to be able to assess. And they're going to be able to put the best group of offensive linemen forward against, you know, the Steelers' really stout defensive line. And
1: you're going to need that because, as you mentioned, I mean, you watch um, clips of games and you see T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. I mean, they are relentless pass rushers. I mean, Bud Dupree might be the most athletic pass rusher that I've seen so far this season. And T.J. Watt's a guy, too, who can just, you know, however he can get to the quarterback, he's going to get there. And you saw, and and these, the last two games, like, they they haven't faced scrub offensive lines. They mean, they faced the Ravens, who have a very solid line, and then the Cowboys, who, despite all their injuries, I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys next man up, and they did a pretty solid job giving Garrett Gilbert some time to make some throws. Uh, by the way uh, you you were mentioning some of the Steelers players who are uh, on the injury report Anthony McFarlane jr. Uh, running back questionable with an illness non-participant during practice yesterday according to Adam Kaplan series XM NFL radio and then Mike Hilton Justin as you mentioned also questionable as of yesterday um, for the Bengals uh, injury report this is as of yesterday uh, John Ross questionable shocker Joe Mixon. Foot injury, questionable, but I mean, someone it, either we mentioned it or someone else mentioned it. You haven't really even noticed that Mixon's been out the last two games because Gio played well on, on last uh, against the Titans, and then Joe Burrow just completely took over the game against the Browns. So you haven't really felt the impact of Mixon's absence this year. But to get him back on on Sunday would be critical to the Bengal's success on offense. Um, so. You were you were talking about how the Steelers like we hear about this dominant defense but look at the look at the numbers that they've given up on defense to the Giants 291 yards this is Daniel Jones by the way playing quarterback and Daniel Jones is, is a turnover machine 262 passing for the Giants Denver 319 uh Philadelphia 336 Tennessee 292 okay uh, Baltimore, 457. Dallas, 364. We we hear about how great this defense is, but I look at them the last two weeks, and I'm like, I don't see it.
0: Me neither. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I really do think that the defensive line is so dominant. If throwing a guy like Stephon Tuitt, throwing a guy like Cameron Hayward, throwing a few of those guys, and, you know, this defensive line is really one to be reckoned with. And I do, I want to kind of touch on the Giovanni Bernard Joe Mixon situation because I actually saw a few people say Bengals are going to actually have an advantage because with the amount of blitzes that the Steelers are going to send toward the uh, Bengals' way, Giovanni Bernard is one of the best uh, blitz pickup running backs in the entire NFL. And he's shown that throughout his entire career. And no, I'm not saying that Joe Mixon isn't, but, you know, I think that's something that's more fit for Giovanni Bernard. Um, Joe Mixon's kind of the. You know, north and south runner. Um, Giovanni Bernard is kind of like the do-it-all kind of guy, a little gadget guy. Um, and so I think that while it's going to hurt having Joe Mixon out being one of the top running backs in the entire NFL, I do think that they're going to be able to utilize Giovanni Bernard in the passing game. I do think that uh, whether he's getting the ball or if he's just blocking, because this defensive line is relentless. But then you also look at the Dallas Cowboys game And I think that while they have shown that they can be very dominant, I do think that they might be a little inconsistent. So you look at this last game against the Dallas Cowboys, who if you look over the last, you know, five, ten years, really the entirety of the Dallas Cowboys franchise, they've always had really steady, solid offensive lines. But this year it's been up and down. They've had injuries. They've had some guys, you know, that are stepping in. And the Steelers only had two sacks against, you know, Practice squad quarterback. Um, I think that's really impressive, and I think that just shows that the Bengals, as long as they're able to assess the guys that they have on the team, and they're able to put the guy, the right guys, and at the right spots. I really do think that they're able to, not necessarily uh, stop this defensive line, but you know at least w- what's the word? Um, just hold uh, them back. Hold them back a little yeah, bit is what you, I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah,
1: Hold them back. Uh, contain them. Don't let them try to kill Joe Burrow. But um, here's the thing, too. Like, We talk about two things, um, one being that the Bengals' game plans offensively the previous three weeks, really, have been solid. I mean, they came out against the Colts, and they said, we're going to throw the ball, and when we get into the red zone, we're going to run the ball, and they did. The Browns, they, they gave the ball, they, they gave Joe Burrow the playbook, and had it not been for a pathetic defensive performance, he won them the game, essentially. And then the Titans, they came out and um they they said okay we're gonna you know whatever the game plan was we're gonna uh again throw the football and when we get into the red zone we're gonna be smart with our play calling and they were you want to know something else interesting is so the Bengals had four offensive linemen four starting offensive linemen from the previous week out against the titans that was only the second time in franchise history that that had happened the only other instance was in the week was in week one of 1987, and the only reason why they had four starters out that game was because of the player strike. Put that into perspective. Just, just, just think about that. Okay, that we don't understand how impressive that performance was, and they gave up zero sacks. This team, it, it, it's coming together. And I, I lost. I was going to bring up a point here that we talked about um, on the reaction show, but I just feel like here's here's the point I was going to make. Um, you can't, okay, so the Bengals have won one, the Bengals have won a football game against Tennessee. The problem now is you're not facing that same team every week. Tennessee, they don't have a, they don't have a pass rush. And by the way, they, they've lost three of the last four games. I'm genuinely concerned about that team. We look at, so, okay, we can't, the Bengals can't think, okay, we're not facing, you know, it's going to be like this every week. No, you're facing different teams every week. It's like they played so well against Jacksonville, but then they couldn't do anything against the Ravens. They are not playing the Jaguars and the Titans every week. The great teams can do what they do best to win games week in and week out. Okay, you're playing an 8 no football team in the Steelers. Yeah, they're good. But if you do the same things that you did against Tennessee, uh, you know, quick passes, uh, protect Joe Burrow, be smart with your play calling in the red zone, should lead to some success, right? Should put you in a position to win the game.
0: I mean, I would imagine, you know, like I had mentioned a little bit ago, coming off a bye, you have a lot more time to prepare for this Steelers team because, you know, you're pit in the advantage already. And we're getting Jonah Williams back. Quinton Spain is going to be more developed in this offense. And, I mean, he already looked like he had been in this offensive uh, unit for a while uh, if you watched him play against Tennessee. He had, I mean, he had just come off the streets and he played a great game. Um, Bobby Hart I think he believes no he's out he's out uh, so Bobby Hart is out um, I believe Fred Johnson or Hakeem Adoniji will probably get to start at right tackle uh, Michael Jordan should be back um, and so you know overall this offensive line is getting healthier uh, I believe BJ Finney who he acquired in the trade for Carlos Dunlap uh, from Seattle I believe he'll be in the mix and so you really have all these guys that say you know we have player A B and C this guy's going to be the best fit here. This guy's going to be the best fit here. And I do think, I don't know if you uh, heard earlier this week, Chris Collinsworth was uh, doing an interview. And he said he had talked to a few of the guys on the Eagles defensive line. Um, and they're talking about the game when they played the Bengals. And um, it was when Joe Burrow took that really brutal hit from Malik Jackson. And I guess, um, you know, there's no flag. And you know how a lot of guys, like quarterbacks, like, you know, they'll get hit really hard, you know, kind of a legal hit like that was. They'll get up and, you know, if there's no flag, they'll kind of go crazy. Well, uh, Chris Collinsworth, uh, he said that this isn't an exact quote, but he said this is similar to what Joe Burrow had said to the referee and to the Eagles defensive players. He said, when I'm the GOAT, I'm going to get that call. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that just shows you the level of confidence that, you know, the Bengals franchise quarterback has. And for a team that has had you know, not much success against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we haven't beat them since 2015, that is exactly what we need because I couldn't tell you the last time we, I went into a Steeler week and had you know, full confidence in a team because the Andy Dalton-led Bengals teams, they were not confident. They were not going into these Steelers games and you know, saying, we're going to put our foot down. We're not going to be the little brother to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. But now I get a completely different vibe. And I just think that Joe Burrow is one of those guys that's going to say, you know, I I recognize that this franchise has had not had success against this team for a long time, but that's going to change now. And it's going to be, you know, hopefully the narrative throughout his career. Maybe Joe Burrow can turn around and the Bengals are the big brother to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot There's a lot lying on this game because I think if the Bengals are able to, you know, win this game, that's going to change the whole direction of this franchise, not just for years to come, but I think this season, you know, I think yeah. it's going to really put them in, uh, give them a lot of momentum moving forward.
1: Because we talked about this on Sunday. I mean, look at the second half schedule. I mean, there's four games that I can say to you that, ye- that, yes, the Bengals should win. Washington, they should win. By the way, and we'll get to this next week, isn't it so great to see Alex Smith playing football after the injury that he had?
0: Oh, I know. I, w- is, I wish he played a little better, but... It
1: is Unreal. Yeah. What do you mean you wish he would have played a little better?
0: We he had three interceptions.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, it is
0: amazing to see him play football he's, again. He's still
1: throwing a football after a warlike injury. That, I mean, he could have he died on it. He could have died. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, not only is he obviously alive, but he's playing football. Yeah. So, that's really cool to see. More on that next week. Um, so, Washington, the Giants… Dallas and Houston. Like those are four winnable games. And then maybe Miami, Burrow versus Tua. Could that game honestly if the, if the Bengals like keep winning, could that game get flexed?
0: I believe so. I I, oh, I mean man. I I'm almost positive. I mean, considering oh. how good Tua has been thus far. All right. I would um, say so. Road trip to Miami.
1: <laughs> uh, well exams are the exams are the week before, so we honestly could go to Miami. That would be
0: insane. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I tried to get us down there, but it didn't work. Uh, more, we'll, we'll try again, so maybe. But this, obviously, this is the most important game of the season this Sunday. But what I'm saying is, if you are able to win this game, like there are four other winnable games, and then that would put you at, what, 7-8-1? And then maybe Steele wins against Miami, Pitt, Pittsburgh at home, Baltimore at home. You don't know what could happen there. But this is a game that, despite the Bengals coming into the week being eight-and-a-half-point underdogs, I think it's a very winnable game. And you mentioned Andy Dalton. Um, And, like, I brought this up on a a previous show when I said that the Andy Dalton era was never fully embraced because he was drafted to basically be the replacement for Carson Palmer in the whole fiasco that happened there. Andy Dalton was never the guy because he was always playing in Carson Palmer's shadows. The era was never fully embraced. And every time the Bengals were good, it's like, well, how are they going to blow it? How are they going to blow it? Um... The Carson Palmer era, and this is a point that Mo Egger brought up right after Marvin Lewis was fired uh, in, in the, um, excuse me, following the conclusion of the 2018 season. What, what was said was that the era felt incomplete. But to me, it's not just the Marvin Lewis era. It's the Carson Palmer era because Palmer was this insanely talented quarterback coming out of USC. When the NFL transitioned into a pass-first league, Palmer was one of those quarterbacks. I mean, he led the AFC, I believe, in touchdown passes in 2005 at 32, which at the time was an incredible number to see. This was a guy who threw, who had back-to-back 4,000-yard seasons after the knee injury in the playoff game. So, when, so yeah, you're, you're right. Whenever Andy Dalton was here, it was never fully embraced. And against the Steelers, swept this rookie season, split, split, swept, split, and then... A sweep in 2016, 17, 18 and 19. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's career record. Let's see 0 and two one and three, two and four. God this is terrible two and six <laughs> Three and seven, oh my gosh uh, <laughs> three and nine, three and 11, three and 12, three and 13 against the Steelers. three and 13. Carson Palmer was only swept by the Steelers I think. Uh, okay. Twice, and he'd almost swept about four times. The so, whenever Palmer was here, because you felt that you felt things were so everything was possible with Carson Palmer, and even though he didn't have that swaggered him that Joe Burrow has, Palmer was talented enough that he could win you these kinds of games. I feel that same way with Joe Burrow. It's that you know. Let's let's reignite this rivalry here a little bit. Let's reignite that. Yes, all ga- all these games are close. It's physical, and may and the Bengals can in fact win on more than
0: just a rare occasion. And I remember it was I believe the first start Andy Dalton had um, after Dak Prescott got hurt, and he was playing really terrible. Um, and it was a former Steelers player. I cannot remember for the life of me who it was. Um, I apologize. For Ryan my, Clark. I believe it might have been Ryan Clark, um, but no it wasn't right it could have been I don't know but they said you know that's why we're because you know as talking as an extension of the Steelers you know that's why we are never afraid to play Andy Dalton we are never afraid to play Andy Dalton um we just basically knew that we we're going to win every time we went uh went up against them and you know I think as frustrating as that might sound as a Bengals fan uh I mean you're almost like that's you know that's terrible because when you go into any game you know no, nonetheless uh You know, division rival, and they already know that they have confidence that they're just going to beat you. I, I, I mean, I don't understand, like, what this franchise was thinking every single year when they're getting swept by the Steelers or, you know, not even keeping up with them. And I think Joe Burrow, I mean, now he just has this swagger. He has this demeanor. He's just, like, this whole completely different person than what Andy Dalton ever was. And Joe Burrow's not insanely outspoken, but he's a guy that, you know, mike daniels went on good morning football yesterday and said this guy's like a four-year vet he reminds me you know he reminds me of aaron Rodgers. he reminds me of these aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time (laughs) and so to have that praise and to have that comparison as a rookie i mean this team could there's no there's no ceiling this team has an endless ceiling because they can be as good as they want to be and beating the steelers on sunday is just going to be the very beginning Uh, personally to me And like you mentioned, the schedule moving forward is pretty favorable. And so winning this game is going to change this whole season around. And I think that it's going to really give some confidence for Joe Burrow. They might not make it to the playoffs, but, you know, like you said earlier, next season, I think it's going to be really big for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, and we talked about um, – I told my cousin after the Titans game, like, we may not make the playoffs this year, but at least there's tangible progress being made. Like, I mean, the Bengals won two games all of last year, and they're already at that same win total – through week eight and it arguably could be a lot more like they shouldn't have tied Philly they should have beaten the Browns should have beaten the Colts there's three more wins so you'd be five and three and the Chargers game I think you could have won that game too now obviously your record says your record says what you are but I think in this case like the Bengals are better than their record shows and and I we talk about what you mentioned with Ryan Clark that's a sign of disrespect to me the Steelers like they don't have any respect for us like and, and Big Ben said this one time like you know when when the Steelers and the Bengals play, it's just nasty. It's it, it, it's disrespect. I mean, I mean, you remember the Monday night game. Were you at that game? I was, yeah. Okay, so the Monday night game with the, when Chazier, Yeah. Which, that was horrible. Yeah. Um, like, how many just, like... I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a personal foul when Pac-Man intercepted Ben Roethlisberger in the first quarter. There was uh, Juju Lane, now Vontaze Perfect, and then standing over him. And there, there might have been another moment, George too Aloka
0: game. hit Antonio Brown. Yeah, that was a hard hit. And,
1: like... Big Ben has said, like, you know, those games are just so nasty, whereas the Ravens game, the Steelers-Ravens games, yes, they're very physical because both those teams have prided themselves on physicality for so long, but there's some respect between the two teams. Now, obviously, that's because the Ravens have beaten the Steelers before. There was a stat when the Ravens tied the game at 7-7 in Week 8 that the two teams— had maybe all time or in, in, in the previous whatever number of meetings, the same number of points scored. That's how close that rivalry is. There's a, there's some respect between the Steelers and the Ravens. There's no respect between the Steelers and the Bengals because the Steelers have consistently beaten the snot out of the Bengals. And, like, yes, some of the games have been close. Some of them have not been so close. Do you remember there was a game 2017, the first Steelers game, when we go to Pittsburgh? And, you know, it was 14-14. Andy Dalton led two touchdown drives in the first half. They were hanging with the Steelers. It was back and forth. It was like, all right. So the Steelers ended up winning the game 29-14. They kicked five field goals after the Bengals' last touchdown. The Bengals' offense was dormant the rest of the game. The Steelers had more yard. You know who had more yards than the Bengals' offense in the second half of that game? The, uh, I think it was Marcus Golden, who threw a fake punt pass. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So Lance McAllister, who's a sports talk show host on 700 and ESPN 1530, He said after that, he tweeted after that game, why is it that the Steelers consistently beat the crap out of the Bengals every time? And they do. The the Steelers know they can beat the crap out of us. They they know it. Okay? So, what we need is for this game with Joe Burrow to come out and say, okay, we're not the pushover anymore here. We're not going to let you bully us like you've done the previous 10 meetings. You know, we're done. And in a for a franchise that really since Andy Dalton's thumb injury against the Steelers, which was the first of their 10-game win streak that's current against us, this franchise has spiraled downhill ever since. This is an opportunity to change that narrative. And it's not like it's not like this game is not winnable. It's very winnable. Um and you have so much at stake. That you can do. Like, I mean, I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking about that video you, that you posted um, with TJ Hoosh Manzada and Chad Johnson waving a hoosh uh, cleaning his cleats with a terrible towel and Chad Johnson with a terrible towel. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That team, that Bengals team, they were run by a bunch of entertainers, okay? They also contribute to the disrespect. This Bengals team, I feel like it, when they beat the Steelers, it's going to be like, that was expected. Because Joe Burrow expects it. Yeah. Because, and I think that goes back to Palmer, for as talented as he was, was he really that much of a leader? I don't know. Because even Palmer disrespected the Steelers. Like he said after one game, I hate this. He said after his knee injury, I hate the Steelers as much as I hate UCLA because he went to USC.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Joe Burrow's not that kind of guy.
0: I mean, as much as there is bad blood in this rivalry, I think. You know, there could be as much disrespect from the Steelers or the Bengals to the Steelers or vice versa. It all comes down to winning. And the Bengals have just shown that they cannot beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think Joe Burrow, he doesn't care about the other narratives. He doesn't care if one player is talking crap. I mean, not that I've seen going into this game, but he doesn't care if one player is talking crap on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, he's going to come out, he's going to game plan for this team. And he's going to, you know, if he beats them, he's just going to say, well, I mean, like, that guy can eat his words, basically, you know. He doesn't talk before, but he'll say something after because he knows that he got the best of them. And that, that's just the kind of guy that Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow is. He's just cool, calm, and collected. And I think that he, him against Big Ben, I mean, it's just going to be a rivalry that I wish that we could see for years to come. I don't know how much longer Ben's going to be in the league, but, you know, I think that it's going to be a fun watch. It's going to be, you know, the young guy versus the old guy. And you look back, at Ben didn't necessarily have the best start to his career, and he got better as the years went on, and he developed with his coach, and I think that Joe Burrow has the ability to do that with Zach Taylor. What's been the narrative of the Zach Taylor era so far is losing, you know? He's one of the losingest head coaches of all time to the start of his career, and I think that Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor have a chance to flip the narrative that Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton were never able to do, and that's to get out of the shadow of the Steelers because you talk about the AFC North. I mean, for the last 15, 20, you know, even farther back than that, it's Steelers, you know, Browns, you know, way back in the day with the Jim Brown, with Jim Brown, the Ravens have been on the up and up, you know, for the last 15 years. And the Bengals are just kind of an afterthought. And it sucks because as Bengals fans, we are so passionate and we're so – you know, invested in every team every year, but, you know, when we when you lose to the Steelers and to the Ravens and now to the Browns twice a year, it, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to even want to root for them, but Joe Burrow gives us a new life. He gives us, you know, this light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, actually has some plausible, you know, it gives us a plausible uh, reason to be excited, and against the Steelers, you know, like, I hate to keep saying this, but, like, it's, it's the, it could be the very beginning of something that could be very great moving forward.
1: And don't you think the Steelers are destined to have a, a letdown game like this? Because oh, yeah. of the way they have played the previous two weeks. And you think about the Tennessee game. That game they could have honestly lost. Because despite them being up 27-7 to in the second half, they took their foot off the gas. And they have, I mean, the Ravens game. The Ravens game, they were down by ten. They had to claw their way back to win that game. And then you think about the Cowboys game. I mean, that, that you're playing against a practice squad quarterback, like you, quarterback, like you said, Justin, and you're making him look like you know a light version of Dak Prescott with his ability to connect with his receivers. Now, yes, Dallas has a very talented offense, personnel wise, but still, if this Steelers defense is as good as we make it out to be, and as nationally acclaimed this season as it has been. They should be putting up a lot better performance than giving up 364 yards of offense to the Dallas Cowboys, 144 of which have come on the ground. Now, Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best running backs in the NFL still. I question saying that. But, you know, you go back to being swept by the Browns and just how deflating that was. The ability to bounce back after that speaks volumes to the culture that Zach Taylor's trying to build here. And we talked we talked about culture after the Browns game, and leading up to the Tennessee game. Carlos Dunlap gets traded. Look what happens. The Bengals look like a united team on the field. And yeah, the Titans offense still accrued over 400 yards, but most of those came in the second in the fourth quarter, where you know they were getting those twenty five yard out routes, whatever, you know, to go down the field and score. But still, the Bengals offense responded, and the best kinds of wins. Are the ones where you can look back and say, "Okay, we could have done this a lot better." Defensively, the Bengals could have been a, defensively the Bengals could have been a lot better. In the third quarter, they're really good, but also the Titans, like they, it's not like they were getting, going three and out, three and out. No, they were getting into Bengals territory. So there's still a lot for this defense to improve upon. Now, what I don't want to see on Sunday is what we saw on Monday Night Football last last year, where Mason Rudolph was just dinking and dunking all over the field. What were his numbers in that game? Like twenty of. I mean, he only threw like what four or five incompletions. Yeah. He threw two or three touchdowns, and I mean, this was a backup quarterback. Who, of course, they're going to keep things simple for him. The Steelers offensively, and he looked like Ben Roethlisberger out there, even though Big Ben wasn't playing. So, what I want to see this year is I want to see some. I want to see aggressiveness. Now, the thing, like I said, when you play a three-four defense, I think that is predicated more into coverage. But at the same time, when you have guys like Sam Hubbard who who uh could play on Sunday. I think Sunday, I think he will like Carl Lawson, uh, Logan Wilson, who had a sack uh, against Tennessee. When you have those guys and they're able to get after, you know, the quarterback and pressure them, you know, send them, be aggressive. Um, And then if you're, if you're the secondary, just please find a way to uh, contain Judas Mischuster, Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, you know, this is not a world beating receiving core. But at the same time, they do
0: have some talent. And you mentioned the Monday night game last, last year. No, I was at that game, unfortunately. The Bengals lost 27-3. And you did talk about how Mason Rudolph, he kind of just dink and dunked it. And, I, and this, this might be kind of weird to say, but I think, honestly, I think it's going to suit the Bengals' defense better with Ben in there. Because you think about Ben's game, what's he known for? You know, staying in the pocket, breaking tackles, having great pocket awareness but just like any quarterback, Ben's, you know, he's turnover you know, he's turnover prone, you know, he doesn't do it all the time, but, you know, you see it every time, every week that he puts the ball in positions for the defense to, you know, force a turnover, and uh, I think that's going to play well for a guy like Jesse Bates, who is, probably has the best range of any safety in the entire NFL, and I think that with this, you know, Sam Hubbard coming back, Carl Lawson, who's been statistically one of the better defensive ends this season despite not having great sack numbers. And then think about what the Bengals just did the other day. I don't know if he'll be able to eligible to play, but Tack McKinley, who we just acquired off waivers from the Atlanta Falcons, who's really been a bright spot for that defense over the last few years, um, former 2017 first-round pick. And I think that as long as Yes, uh, Steelers' offensive line is very good. I believe it's only been 10 sacks that they've given up this year, but if you put pressure on Ben, he's going to put the ball in spots. I think it's just a, a matter of you know taking advantage of that. I think Jesse Bates, he has some of the best hands of any safety in the league. He catches the ball like a wide receiver. He can high point it. Um, William Jackson, he's going to be in there. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, I believe he's back. Uh, he was doing individual drills, as Ben Baby tweeted earlier today. Um, it looks like Lashawn Sims and Darius Phillips might be out for Sunday's game. That's uh, to be determined. But what I'm trying to say is that like this Bengals defense, because the Steelers offense is not elite. They're 21st in passing offense. They're not killing people with their offense. And while they do have good weapons, I don't necessarily think that they're gonna you know manhandle the Bengals defense because the Bengals defense can for- force turnovers and they been pretty good over the last few weeks as i would say i mean i would say um so it's just a matter of taking advantage of the opportunities that you have and you know not playing catch up any 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 point but if you and if you have a lead maintain that lead and uh you know just never take your foot off the gas
1: yeah, um, and and that, like you said, Justin, with, with our secondary, for as weak as it might be and the weak link of this defense, there are still some there are some playmakers back there. Particularly Jesse Bates. With I mean, if you force Big Ben to throw into a spot where he doesn't like, I mean, yeah, he is a turnover-prone quarterback. Um, I forgot to mention another receiver in the Steelers' receiving core who has really had a nice rookie season is Chase Claypool. And he's this big, strong guy. I mean, they call him Maple Trunk because he looks like Calvin Johnson. So, I mean, yeah, I put up, I mean, who are you going to put on him? William Jackson? Mm, please. Uh, I watched him against Odell Beckham, and that didn't go well. Um, so, the first game against the Browns. So, there is some, con- obviously, you are concerned because defensively, like, what happ- what's happened over the years is Pittsburgh has come out, and they have won the battle with the line of scrimmage, which allows Big Ben to just sit back and throw all over the field. But the but the thing is, it, Big Ben, it, I watched him against Dallas, he was not connected on his deep throws. I mean, he, he didn't have really... There was one play, it was the touchdown pass that he threw at the end of the second quarter, on a bad knee, no less, which actually contributes to how impressive it was. Uh, that was the only throw that he made that was actually, excuse me, you know, a, a good throw down the field. And so... That gives me some hope. If you are able to pressure Ben, that he's going to make some poor decisions. And you're right, the Steelers—they they, excuse me—they are not killing teams with their offense. They have only had one game this season over 400 yards of offense. The other seven, three forty-nine. That's fine. Three eighty-seven. That's good. Three sixty-seven. Two seventy-seven. 362, 221, somehow winning that game against the Ravens, and then 355. So you're telling me that they have been outgained in their last three games, and they somehow won all three of those games. That's what makes me think that despite their record being as good as they are, and I do think the Steelers are a good football team, this might be the week. Because They haven't had, their bye week was week four, was not supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be week, I believe, eight. Okay, things have changed. They've played five straight games, their last three on the road. And given that they have not faced the Bengals this season, and this is not the Bengals of 2019, 18, 17, or 16, this feels like, to me, a trap game. Because the Steelers are probably thinking, oh, we're going to win by however many points. But here you have Joe Burrow, who the national attention is growing by the week. The Bengals are off a bye. They're well-rested. They haven't had any COVID issues this week. This feels like a trap game for the Steelers.
0: I truly agree with that. And that's exactly what we said going into the Titans game. You know, we said, you know the Titans just came off a big loss. Um, well they were getting kind of blown out at first and then they came back and, but it was a big loss to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, they said, we're going to rebound against this, uh, Cincinnati Bengals team, one, five and one. They're not too great. You know, we're going to get back on track. Mike Vrabel was telling his team, you know, we're just going to take this game, get them back on track. Um, and the Bengals won and they won pretty handily. You know, they were in the lead the entire game. Um, And I think that's exactly what the Bengals need to do. Now, I don't know if the Bengals have the manpower to necessarily um, physically dominate the Steelers at the point of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, at the point of attack, um, like they were against the Tennessee Titans. But I think if you're able to at least take some of that load off Joe Burrow, he's shown that he can move out of the pocket, he's shown that he can break tackles. and so, as long as Joe Burrow is given just a little bit of time, he's going to find the open receiver. None of our wide receivers are injured except for John Ross, who's, I mean, not even necessarily been a part of the offense since week one. Um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. A.J. Green's looking to have a um, rebound game after the Tennessee Titans game. And so, you have all your healthy receivers. Giovanni Bernard, who's proved to be a really good backup uh, running back uh, this season. And so, you're happy that you have all your offensive weapons available. It's just a matter of on defense while their offense is still only ranked 21st in the nfl can you slow down their passing attack because like you said they have good guys juju smith schuster who's had a pretty good start to his career chase claypool who's had a really good rookie year deontay johnson he's uh up and down uh eric ebron who i personally think really highly of he's been a really consistent tight end in the last couple years uh, James Washington, you can't forget about him. He's been pretty good.
1: That's who caught the touchdown on the deep throw last week. I couldn't figure out who it was.
0: Yeah, so it, it's a really deep list of guys, and I think that I think if you're able to at least slow down Ben, I think that if you're able to get some pressure on him, I think they actually have a really favorable matchup on that side of the ball, at least to me. You're talking about on the Bengals have a favorable matchup on defense? If or... they can get pressure on
1: Ben. Well again that's what it comes down to in any game. And Preston mentioned this. If you have to be able to pressure the quarterback. And that's something that the Bengals did not do against Baker Mayfield, but they did do against Tennessee. Now, maybe it's because Tennessee was playing without their left tackle, Taylor Lewan, and you saw Carl Lawson come off the left side throughout the game. That that loss to Tennessee. I don't think I don't think people talk about it that much. It is a killer because they've lost three of their last four games, and Ryan Tannehill has not looked himself in those four games. So now the Steelers, their offensive line is so solid. I mean, it's it's always been that way. So, you, but you are going to have to figure out a way to get to Ben Roethlisberger because I don't think you can sit back in coverage and you know hope that you can stop the Steelers' offense. No. Because if Big Ben gets the quick pass game going, if he gets those short intermediate routes going, they will unleash their run game with James Conner. And James Conner, when he's healthy and playing at the top of his game, is a really solid running back. He kind of gets lost with all the running backs in this division, but we forget that this guy had a really, really good second season out of Pitt when Le'Veon Bell decided to sit out the 2018 season. We forget how good James Conner is. So you can't let him get going. Like the Steelers' uh, rushing yardages, they had five straight hundred-yard games to start the season, and they haven't had a hundred-yard game since. So what does that tell you that you have to do against the Steelers? You have to do the, the you have to do the fundamental things. Just win. In other words, just win the battle at the line of scrimmage.
0: I mean, I feel like that's just a theme of every AFC North game because really all these defensive lines in the AFC North are pretty good. I mean the Bengals being the weak link of that I would say, at least in my opinion. Ravens have Yannick and Gakway, Calais Campbell, Browns got Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, uh Steelers, Bud Dupree, and TJ Watt. And so yes, it's a very it's gonna be a very physical game, like it always is. Um, and you just have to approach it with the mindset of, okay, well, these guys, as long as they do their job, we have a guy In Joe Burrow, who's gonna—he's—he's one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the entire NFL. As a rookie, you have a guy that you know what he's going to be able to do back there, and he's going to find the open receiver. He's going to be able to make plays with his feet and his arm. And I really think that this team has confidence. Like I don't know about you, but I I saw the Jermaine Pratt. uh, It was an NFL on Fox uh, post a few days ago. and they, it was a picture of the Steelers, and they said, are the Steelers going to go undefeated this week? And Jermaine Pratt commented, they're losing this week. And I think that is something that, at least to me, really needed to be said. Because when's the last time you heard a Bengals player come out and say, you know, we're going to beat the Steelers this week? They were so confident in the guys in the locker room. They're confident in their game plan that they're going to go out and beat an 8-0 team. And make it publicly known on NFL on Fox's Instagram account, like, like to me, that's the level of confidence I want to see this team have each and every week. And I know that they might have it internally, but I want to see it externally. I want to see them come out and say it because, even though it might not be the right thing to do, you know, you're coming out two five and one against eight no team, just showing the world that you have the confidence that you're going to be able to carry out the game plan that you prepare all week with. I think that's just. I think that goes to show that this team is really more confident in themselves than we really think they are as but fans. That,
1: but when you say something like that, you have to be able to back it up. It's one thing to say it and one thing to to look at it and say, oh, that guy has some confidence, which is great. But it, it's another thing to go out there and back it up. You have to be able to justify it. Like, if this was said last year, I'd be like, come on, stop stop messing around here. Um, but this year, like, like you said, I can definitively, you know, like that and genuinely, you know, um, how do I say this? I can genuinely uh, feel feel like, you know, proud to be a Bengals fan, whatever, because, you know, we know that this defense is a little bit better than last year. It still has its flaws. It's still, you know, I still question their ability to, you know, limit these chunk plays, particularly in the past. But, yes, I like Jermaine Pratt coming out and saying, and saying something like that because it gives you confidence as a fan that this team feels like they can beat and a no team. I mean, we can go, I mean, I don't know if you had anything in particular else that you wanted to hit on during today's show. Um, I mean, we've talked about it so much with, with this rivalry. It's that the Steelers, they are the big brother to the Bengals. And it's been that way even when Palmer was here. You still knew the Steelers had the upper end. For as good as the Bengals got offensively with Andy Dalton, come on, the Steelers still swept them in 2011 and 2014 and then 16, 17, 18, and 19. This is Joe Burrow. He's 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 different than any quarterback the Bengals have had since the turn of the century. When this franchise has tried to get out of the lost decade of the '90s, and I do feel like to a degree that they are in that direction. Whether or not they win this week, because look, look, they are underdogs. I mean, you look at the spread, right? You you look at the spread. Um, you look at the spread going into this game. It was eight and a half at the beginning of the week. Right now, um, the spread for the Bengals and the Steelers on Sunday, it is Pittsburgh. And that doesn't give the spread. Um, okay, ESPN does not have it. But I, if I had to guess, I'd say, I'd say it's relatively the same. But I, again, th- th- this feels like a trap game for the Steelers as we go into our score predictions. I'll have you go first.
0: Um. So one of the first actual national media guys that I've seen predict the Bengals to win was uh, Steve Palazzo, uh, P- Palazzolo, excuse me if I butchered that, of PFF. He predicted the Bengals to beat the Steelers this Sunday. And then another stat that I want to share with you is, um, this was from James Jones. Um, so it says, when Joe Burrow takes on the 8-0 Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, he will be the 8th rookie starting quarterback since 1950, to face an undefeated team in Week 10 or later. The rookies went 1-6 in those games. Mark Sanchez was the only winner, leading the Jets over the Peyton Manning-led uh, Indianapolis Colts in Week 16 of 2009. So 1-6. 1-6. So am I good to get my score prediction? Go ahead. It's going to be 2-6 after this week. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 28-24. Oh, let's go. So listen. Okay. I know that this game... The, no one really is thinking of the Bengals coming into Pittsburgh and beating them with a rookie quarterback two five and one. What have they done this year? They had one good win. That's it. But what Joe Burrow is gonna do is he's gonna turn around the narrative that this franchise has faced since the dawn of time. This franchise cannot win playoff this franchise cannot win big games. This franchise cannot win playoff games. This franchise cannot win when it really matters. Well you know what? Joe Burrow is not taking that anymore. He's heard it all along He heard it before he got drafted. When you go to the Cincinnati Bengals, you're not going to have success. You're not going to win big games. You're not going to be able to do all the things that you want to do. But he is. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Isn't he third in the NFL in passing yards?
0: And he is. And Joe Burrow... Oh, and two guys that are ahead of him have played one more game than he has? Joe Burrow has exceeded, I think, everyone's expectations. I don't think Joe Burrow was expected to have nearly as good of a year as he's been having. And this is going to be the biggest game of his career so far. And he's going to go into Pittsburgh, and he's going to win. He's going to come out. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to say, oh, we're going to go into Pittsburgh and win. But he's going to come out and say, well, we were confident we were going to win. We knew we were going to win. Game plan, Zach Taylor put together a great game plan, and we executed it to a T. And, you know, I just think personally, I have so much confidence in Joe Burrow right now. I have so much confidence in this team right now that I think they could really beat anyone when they're hot. You know,
1: it's Friday the 13th. I believe in good luck on Friday the 13th. And something, something in me, I, I, I've said on this show, that this is a very winnable game. I I have a good feeling about this. And for the past, you know, for maybe the first, because uh, the bye week make, made it Steeler week extended, as I call it. So for the first nine days, I was like, yeah, it'll, I think it'll be a really good game. It'll be interesting to see how Burrow handles the Steelers. At least you're interested, you're excited, because you feel like that you're not going to just completely get blown out, but that the Steelers would win. You know, that's changed the last few days. <laughs> I feel a little differently about this. The Steelers are not as dominant as as they're made out to be. When we look at the numbers, as we've mentioned on the show today, the Steelers are coming off three straight weeks on the road. Somehow they won all three games. The Bengals are coming off a win that probably fans were like, fluke against the Titans. Hmm. The Titans have actually struggled the last two weeks. That was actually a team that they should have beaten. And the Bengals acted like they should have won that game. I mean, mean, you heard Zach Taylor after the Titans game said, uh, where's that quote? Um, His quote is, by the way, getting better throughout the season. Um, End quote. It doesn't surprise any of us, but you do need to see it right in front of your face that you've done it. Now we have to go do it again in the next game and the next game. Now they have it in their memory. We've done this and we can do it again. That's tremendous. And you know what? They'll do it again Sunday. Booyah! Give me the Bengals 27-24. to 24. They'll get it done over the Steelers. We will celebrate on Monday with beer, with bourbon, with burgers. <laughs> and um, maybe I'll... Um, oh, you know what? Oh, I didn't bring it downstairs. I have my uh, Bengals version, which is not a terrible towel. It's, it's, my, it's my old golf towel for the Bengals. Uh, it's a Bengals golf towel. I should have brought that downstairs for the show today. But uh, it'll, it'll be broken out on Sunday during the game.
0: Yeah, well. and uh, so I mean I don't think anyone was coming into this show thinking these guys are gonna predict the Bengals to win, but you know we both did. I said twenty eight twenty four, you said twenty seven twenty four, and we're celebrating on Monday. I'll tell you that much. Um, because, oh, we'll celebrate. Uh, oh, so. we'll celebrate. <laughs> Any last comments, Alex?
1: If you can't get pumped up for this game, you should not be in Cincinnati.
0: I completely agree because this is the biggest game. The Browns game of the year. can
1: sweep us, but we're not losing to Pittsburgh.
0: No. Browns can sweep us, but we are not losing to Pittsburgh. I completely agree with that. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This was the BearCast Media Bengals preview show. We are going to 2-0 for the uh, the Bengals this week. Bengals taking on the Steelers. They're going to win. We both predicted it right here. It's going to happen. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.